welcome to episode 12 of Virtual on Relay FM. This episode of Virtual is brought to you by our friends over at lindo.com, where you can instantly stream thousands of courses created by industry experts. For a free trial, visit lindo.com slash virtual, and also by Hover, Simplified Domain Management. My name is Mike Curley, and I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime and my good friend, Mr. Federico Vatici. Hi, Federico. Hey, Mike. Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I am very well. I'm excited for the show today. I'm always excited for for the shows, you know? <laughs> good. Good. I'm happy. You know, I'm, I'm always happy to talk to you. Oh, it's a pleasure yeah. is all mine, my friend. The pleasure is all mine. Yeah. So have you been playing games this week? I played like half an hour of a video game before we spoke. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be playing a lot more video games next week. Oh, yeah, because it's your... Uh, um, becoming independent week. Uh huh. I have uh, because I also have two games. I have Sunset Overdrive, which I'm going to talk about a little bit later on, and Call of Duty arrived today. Oh, oh, nice. Yeah, so I've got got a couple of big titles there to play that I've been nice. excited about playing. But it's a big month. November's a big month. For oh yeah, games. There's loads of stuff the, coming. There's a there's a Super Smash on the Wii U. There's a, the new Pokemon games. Oh my uh, lord, I forgot about Pokemon. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know my my wallet is already yeah. panicking, and yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff, and uh, I guess we we need to start with a couple of pieces of follow up. Yes, um, listener of the show, uh, Rosette Walker, um, she sent us a couple of photos from the Nintendo World Store, and it's awesome because it's a it's a really great pictures. Uh, one is the, um, I guess a. a table or a desk uh it's a it's a display of all nintendo handhelds uh so there's all the models of the game boy uh the nintendo ds uh the 3ds all the variations of the the, the game boy models over time uh you can see there's a game boy camera inside an original game boy i was just about uh, to put to point that out i love yeah. that did you have one of those uh i never had the game boy camera myself i had a good friend um who had one, and in fact, a couple of years ago, uh, he um, found the Game Boy Camera again in his uh, in his attic, I guess, and we used it because he had a bunch of uh, special paper um, lying around, and it still works, you know, um, if, you, if you have all the original hardware. Yeah, because you needed a printer as well. I had the Game Boy Camera and the Game Boy Printer. Yeah, you were a pro. I was a pro. It was such a weird little thing, and it had you could play some really cool games of it. Like you could take pictures um, and put them into some games that they had. Yeah, and you know, there's a there's a, a few um, iPhone apps uh, modeled after the style of the Game Boy camera, yep. and you can take pe- pictures with your iPhone, and uh, they they look like the Game Boy camera. And the, the second photo from. Um, uh, that we got on Twitter is the the display of the nin- original Nintendo Hanafuda cards, uh, the the Japanese playing cards that Nintendo used to make. So thanks to listener uh, Brizette Walker, she's uh, Mister Sneakers on Twitter, and uh, we really like the pictures. So thank you. We do indeed. Cool, Mike. I know that you have some follow up from an email. Yeah, we got an email from listener Martin, and Martin wanted to point out to us, I think it was, was it last week we were talking about Mario, or was it the week before? I think it was last week, Mike. So we were talking about uh, Mario being a, a plumber. Um, have you noticed that I'm trying to say Mario as well? 
because we got a bit of feedback about that because I call him Mario, and I think yeah. you do too. How do you say his name? In Italian? Well, how would you say it, like, in English? In English, I would say probably Mario. Yeah, see, but yeah. He, he obviously... Yeah, but anyway. Oh, I can go with the Italian pronunciation, you know? What's the Italian? How would you say it? Like a... Mario. 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 It's a me. Um, so we were talking about uh, the fact that Mario and Luigi are plumbers and how ridiculous that was. Um, but this is what listener Martin has written into us. The plumber occupation of Mario and Luigi, as far as I can recall from my childhood, comes from the original Mario Brothers game for the NES. Uh, this Martin goes on to say, I interpreted the premise of Mario Brothers as this plumber guy trying to get rid of crabs, insects, and other pests from the pipes underground somewhere. Mario Brothers is also basically the only Mario game featuring the real-life, everyday Mario and not Super Mario. One could easily attribute any crazy fantasy elements of the Super Mario games as being the everyday plumber eating a funny mushroom and having a 30-year hallucination being a superhero and saving the princess over and over again. Or at least I like to think of it that way. That's really sad. Well, there's I, I was watching uh, Did You Know Gaming on Mario, uh-huh. and um, they were talking about the mushrooms are styled to look like mushrooms that are hallucinogenic. So mm-hmm. there is, you know, there's a there's a component of uh, mm-hmm. shrooms in the in the Mario mm-hmm. history. And you never know. You never know. I mean, it's possible. You, you know, maybe Miyamoto has a special affinity for shrooms. I don't know. Um, still, it's a, it's a nice theory that um, that Mario is uh, underground trying to get rid of uh, insects and pests. That's a, it's a good idea. No, actually, it's a good idea. You know, it makes sense. It doesn't make sense that this guy is going to a mushroom kingdom and saving the princess, but, you know, the basic... Premise actually makes sense. So thanks to listener um, Martin, Martin who, who sent us an email. Um, but, it, but it, yeah, that the, he only does all that stuff as he's Super Mario, right? So yeah, because when he's super, he's he's, he's on drugs basically. He could potentially, uh, hey, let's yeah, not roll I, it out. Okay, uh, Mike, I have a, a few links for you. Uh-huh. Uh, I wanted to quickly um, discuss. Uh, the first link is a. Uh, I found it on Twitter, and it's uh, the trailer and the website for this up- upcoming iPhone game. Uh, the game is called Subterfuge, and it's... <laughs> I mean, you gotta, you gotta watch the video, because uh, there's uh, a bunch of awesome, awesome people in the video. There's um, Adam Sessler and other, another folks from the video game industry. And uh, this game will be um, a real-time uh, strategy game that plays out over the course of a week on your iPhone, and it's basically a game of strategy and diplomacy, and you, you play against your friends. So it looks like, it looks like, a, what's the name, a Risk of mm-hmm. the, uh, it looks like a, like a combination of, of Risk and um, a messaging app on your phone, because uh, wh- when they say it's about diplomacy, it's actually about um, talking to people, trying to come up with strategy strategies, with plans to, you know, to, to, to conquer other territories on, on, on the game in the game. And like it's called subterfuge because on, on in the trailer uh, you, you can see all these people basically coming up with plans, you know, to, to kind of scheme against each other. And it's it's it looks great. Um, it's in alpha right now, I think. Um, 
so there's obviously um it's not coming out you know uh tomorrow uh but you gotta check it out i signed i signed up for for updates on the website um i really want to know more because i'm not really into um you know strategy games or board games in general uh playing against friends or like with this idea this concept of uh, actually talking to people and writing inside the game and sending messages to to try to be like a you know all this diplomacy aspect it, trying to do deals basically yeah trying to do deals and schemes it's quite intriguing um uh, so, yeah. yeah i like the sound of this yeah it's it, it looks like really like a like a like a you know like a like you're being like a like a what's the name of the a diplomat um, yeah. yeah 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 it's like a, it's yeah it's that sort of idea it's like yeah. a diplomat a diplomat game i like the look of this this looks fun yeah so the next link, Mike, is um, something that I, that I really want to to have someday. Uh, it's called the Xbox Duo, and it's this uh, custom-made uh, laptop that combines an Xbox 360 and an Xbox One in the same unit. Um, there's a, video. a laptop is uh, well, it's a, it's a very bit of a stretch, bulky laptop. It? Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a suitcase basically. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> Well, it's technically a laptop. I mean, I guess 20 years ago, laptops used to be uh, this thick. Um, still, it's a, it's a portable machine that combines two Xboxes. So, and and you can you can switch between the two consoles in the in the same like with a with a simple uh, software feature. And um, it's obviously not on sale, so you cannot buy it. Uh, you can only watch the video and. Maybe hope that you will ever have these kind of manual skills to put it together yourself. I'm pretty sure that I will never be able to to do to construct this kind of machine uh, because I have no, you know, construction skills whatsoever. Um, this is more than just construction skills. This is like wiring this, skills. This there's, is engineering skills. There's a guy Federico called Ben Heck, and he does stuff like this. Uh, he makes like like suitcases for video games he makes like ataris that are handheld and yeah like xbox he, i think he made the first xbox 360 laptop oh yeah yeah so i mean you would have you would have seen his stuff around before uh yeah he uh this is the kind of thing that he does it's really really cool. interesting he actually has a a video podcast on revision 3 called the ben hack cool. show where he shows how he makes these things. It's just it's an interesting thing to watch. Will you, Mike? Will you buy me an Xbox Duo for Christmas? Sure. I mean, it's. I guess you can get in touch with the guy, and it'll be like I don't know, two thousand dollars. Yeah. I mean, for you, you're 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 kind of like a like a British billionaire. So. Yeah. You yeah. know. So it's not a problem. I can take it's care a, of it. Should be a no-brainer. Yeah. For you. Yeah. You cool. you deserve it. You know? Thank you, thank you. For you know, for, for just being you. <laughs> okay. So you go. So I want to take a quick moment to thank our first sponsor for this week's episode, and that's our friends over at Lynda.com, who provide an easy and affordable way to help individuals and organizations learn. With Lynda.com, you can instantly stream thousands of courses created by experts on software, web development, graphic design, hobby stuff, and so much more. Lynda.com works with absolute experts in the, in the given fields. They find people that know everything about everything about everything about the thing that they're talking about, and that's what makes them so great. They don't just find like random Joe who knows something about 
how to take great portrait photography, they'll go and find a professional. Or for example, I was looking through lynda.com the other day and I found a uh, a course on getting things done, like the productivity system. And it's actually it's actually hosted and curated and, and presented by David Allen himself, the creator of getting things done. You know, they, they just went straight to the creator. I was like, you, you'll be the perfect person. And that's what lynda.com does. They find these great experts. And that's why their courses are produced at the highest quality. They're made for people who want to learn. And they're made by people that want to learn for people that want to learn. And that's what I like about lynda.com. They have great tools about like with searchable transcripts. So this means that you can go back into a video after maybe watching it and you're like, I want to remember that one thing that they spoke about. So you can search through, select that point of the video and just start watching straight from there. Whether you're beginner or advanced, lynda.com has courses for all experience levels. And they have just one low monthly price of $25. This gets you unlimited access to over 100,000 video tutorials that can be watched on the web or they can also be watched on the go with the lynda.com apps for iPhone, iPad and Android. Some other courses that I found on Lynda that I thought were quite interesting recently, they have a game design course. Very good. They have a few different types of things. They have a whole section on game design. So you could learn um, how to use the Unity game engine. You could learn how to use SpriteKit to create iOS, iOS games. And you could also get training to understand how to use OpenGL. Uh, they have video editing courses, so not just stuff like about how to use Final Cut, Premiere Pro, Avid, which of course they do have fantastic courses on these, but also how to get the right video gear, um, how to use it effectively, how to find the right stuff that works for the thing you're trying to do. They even have courses on how to use drones and quadcopters to catch video footage, which is really cool. So this is just an idea of some of the fantastic stuff that you can find at lynda.com, and we've worked out a great deal with them. If you go to lynda.com slash virtual, you'll be able to sign up for free for seven days. This way you can get a taste for just how awesome lynda.com is. So go sign up right now. That's lynda.com slash virtual. Thank you so much to Linda for the support of this show. Thanks to Linda, indeed. Um, indeed. Did you, did you know, Mike, that... Um, Anita Sarkeesian was on the Colbert show. Yeah, the, the Col- Colbert, uh, the report, Colbert report. In yeah. the in I, the in the in the states. I've watched the video. Yeah, it's a same. great segment. Really great segment. Yeah. I loved the the ending of the video with uh, uh, when Stephen Colbert asks if um, what does it mean to be a feminist, and, and he says that I'm a feminist. You know, that, that was yeah. really really good. Yeah, like if you believe in equal rights for women and. Yeah. yeah, and then he's like, "Wow, I must be a feminist then." And actually, yeah. it was a really nice way of putting it because he did a great job of um, providing, like, the opposing views to kind mm-hmm. of for Anita Sarkeesian to play off and try and show why these views are stupid. I really enjoyed that, rather than him sitting there, which obviously he could very easily do, and just be like, "I agree with you. This is all ridiculous." He was trying to like pose the other view, so which gave her the chance mm-hmm. to argue her point and just prove how stupid these arguments are. Um, yeah, against women in video gaming and things like that. So, I, I'm really, I'm really pleased that she got that that level of exposure as well. Yeah. Um, to to sort of fight out against Gamergate. So that was a, that was a real win, I think. Yeah, she was also um, on the New York Times. She wrote uh, an article about um, the future of video games and you know uh, this Gamergate stuff. Uh, and I liked uh, specifically um, when she mentioned that the Nintendo Wii. Um, uh, basically got her into back into video games again um thanks to the you know Nintendo with with the original Wii they 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 had uh, this 
kind of um, idea this uh, and also this marketing campaign that games were for everyone so there were uh, you know commercials with families playing video games with women with you know boys and girls and parents and grandparents and basically anyone and so that was really nice to acknowledge kind of the, the you know the, the Nintendo's goal with um, letting anyone play video games so that was really nice and I just want to say that if you're just um, if you just uh, started listening to Virtual and you want to know about our thoughts on Gamergate and you know all these um, these problems with the video game industry, um, you can go back to episode Mike number me, nine, me, number nine, which should be called the Video Game Room, uh, and you will find our thoughts in there. Speaking of Nintendo, Mike, um, you know there's the Mario Kart DLC coming out. And there will be an Excite Bike track into into the game into the DLC. Oh man, that's pretty yeah. sweet. Remember the game? Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, there will be, uh, and of course, uh, fully remastered, 3D modern take on Excite Bike. And the video uh, was really nice because um, at some point they they have this uh, uh, side scrolling kind of 2D uh, mode. They show all, all basically there's uh, all the characters. Uh, they're not on traditional carts; they are on bikes. Uh, I just assume that you will also be able to go on 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 normal carts in this track. Yeah. I guess it, the bikes just look better in the trailer. Makes um, more sense, right? For a yeah. side bike, yeah. Yeah, but there's a. I don't think there will be a side-scrolling mod like the original game, but it looked fantastic in the video. Like those couple of seconds in in two D, looked, looked really nice. And everyone's uh, like flipping and spinning, you know. Yeah, yeah. Which is really cool. Oh, this looks yeah. great. Yeah, yeah I'm watching the video now. Huh? How yeah. cool! I like that <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I really want to get this um, Mario Kart DLC, especially because I've been setting up my Nintendo Wii U um, at the new at the new house. So I bought all the controllers that I could find back home at my parents uh, because I plan on organizing Nintendo nights with my friends in Rome. Um, we 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 discussed um, playing Mario Kart this weekend, so I guess we'll. I have three controllers right now, so, you know, it's going to be fun. I need to get myself a Wii U. Yeah, and you need to come to my place so we can play together. So whilst we're talking about um, Nintendo... <laughs> I know you're really, really upset about, about this. This, <laughs> this. I'm so... I don't know if I've missed something here, but I want to talk about Amiibo for a moment. Okay, sure. So over the last couple of weeks, there's been uh, people that have actually kind of had their hands on or like sort of kind of reviews of Amiibo and how Amiibo is working, you know? And basically what what has come to light is how you actually interact with Amiibo, so how they work, um as opposed to like you know just seeing what we've seen so far and it's it's uh it's surprising to say the least um so let me try and explain this my my understanding for how the amiibo toys would work was that you would you would place the toy onto the the controller 
and then your character would come into the game. You'd play as your character. You'd level him up or level her up. You'd put them back onto the um, like back onto the amiibo thing. You'd take it somewhere else, play it at somebody else's house, and you would be building up your own character kind yeah. of as you go, right? I think that that yeah. was a pretty fair assumption. That's especially what that video uh, looked like from that we saw like a week or two ago. Uh, it seemed like the the guy was like training up his amiibo character and then he took it into the game. They're like, oh, wow, you're level 50, blah, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. Basically, only like half of that is accurate. So you never actually play as your amiibo character. So when you load your amiibo character from the figurine into the game, it becomes a non-playable character in the game that supports you in battles or you can fight against. So the amiibo levels up as you play with it or include as in like alongside it and include it within other matches and other fights and it learns and it develops um, so you can level it up and it learns different play styles but it never becomes a character you can actually play as you can take it from your console to friends consoles by loading it back into the figurines by the nfc chip and you can take it to somebody else's console you load it in and it will remember everything from the way that it plays with you but it's more like a companion character to rather than an actual character you play and i've heard some people say it's like having a pokemon like a real pokemon right because you throw them out they help you in battle and then you bring them back in again yeah so it certainly seemed to me that you could play as the character and i'm really i'm really confused about this like why would i not want to play and personally level up my mario amiibo as opposed to having the game level it up via me playing alongside it or having it be on my team in a battle or against me fighting against it which is another way of of leveling them up so i tried to read all the links that you sent me um about this amiibo um hands-on um and it's really confusing because it, it it sounds like the implementation varies from game to game and in some games it's like an assistant in other games it fights alongside you, but it, you cannot control it. In, it seems like based on a, on a recent rumor that Amiibo will also be supported in Mario Kart uh, and they will basically grant you bonuses and unlock special costumes. Yeah, so that's it's, what it's going to be like in, in um, Smash Bros. as well. So your Amiibo will bring you gifts. Okay, so it's... But basically it seems it's like... Really conf- the yeah, amiibo, it's really confusing. The ami- unlike all of the other NSC toys, that Amiibo are not actually characters you can play as. So in Infinity and Skylanders, you play as the character that you buy. But with yeah. Amiibo, it seems like these just become characters in the game world. It's like an seems, extra. It seems like such a misstep, and I can't understand why they thought that this is what people would want. It seems yeah, so if- peculiar to me. Like, Why would you... Why would this be your choice for how you want this thing to be? I'll spend $15 for a character I can never play as. It's just in the game. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, like, I had to read a couple of articles, and this cannot be right. Like, this doesn't seem like it makes any sense to me. Yeah, there's probably... Uh, I, I wanted to say it's probably um, because they couldn't, like, build up the functionality in time, but it doesn't really make sense because, I mean, if you can display the character if it can fight but it's controlled by the cpu then why can i not control the character and 
you know, save the progress back into the figurine. But the thing is, like, about the time part, like, you would then just not release it. Like, yeah. you wouldn't release... If, if your goal was to have the Amiibo as playable, you would just wait until they were. Yeah, I'm especially trying to, to imagine, you know, a kid buying an Amiibo figurine and expecting to be able to play as the character they buy. Yeah, I can't then, imagine any scenario in which people expect what happens. I mean, I'd be really disappointed, yeah, you know, as a, as, a, as, a, as a young kid to, to convince my parents to buy me this new toy. And then when I, when I try to put it back into the game, I cannot control that, you know, the character. It doesn't really make sense. I can see what they're trying to attempt to do. They're trying to make it like the amiibo is your friend, like it's your companion. But you can have all of that still feel the same if you can play as it because the companion's the physical object. It's. Yeah. It, I feel like Nintendo are, are going to land themselves in in a situation where their customer sat will not be very good after this. The customer thing. sat, yeah. Mm-hmm. To use a a cookism, a cookism, yeah. Seems like a seems like a misstep, especially because you you know the opposite is true in uh, uh, Skylanders and um, Disney Infinity. It's the name, right? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't really make much sense. Make I sense. I also had um, just some... one last thing. My my other concern is that they're they're doing it to be different from those things, like that they made <sighs> well, this decision so they could be different. And if that's the case, I think that's more of a problem. Yeah, because I mean it's misguided. Yeah, you know? completely. Yeah. They just keep letting me down. I feel like the the theme of this show so far is just the ways in which Nintendo are upsetting me. I just want them to do things that make sense and it feels like they just can't seem to do that at the moment. They keep making decisions which just seem to be becoming more and more peculiar and and there doesn't seem to be... It feels like there's no logic going into the decisions that they're making and, and it's upsetting me. Yeah. Yeah, it's... um Sometimes, I mean, they make great console... A great, you know, great console, great games... It's just that they get lost in these details sometimes. They're, and they are not really not small details, actually. They are no. big parts of the experience, and they they are not able to, to get them right. Uh, it's, uh, it's concerning. I feel like um, they're getting themselves lost in the wrong places. Yeah. In Italian, we have a, an expression. It, it's like, you're getting lost in a glass of water. It means like you're getting lost in, in something that's really simple and actually, you know, you shouldn't be lost in there. But this kind of describes Nintendo. Because you should be able to see your way out. Yeah. What a beautiful saying. Yeah. Um, I also had... Um, <laughs> another example. <laughs> another, another Nintendo topic <laughs> that I wanted to talk to you. Uh, it's divided in two parts. Okay. So there was a, a Nintendo uh, earnings call uh, last week or two weeks ago, uh, I think around 10 days ago. Um, basically, they posted the, uh, the, the financial results and they uh, revealed the first details of the quality of, of life initiative that we talked about uh, a while ago. So the numbers are kind of... you know. Positive, but also kind of negative. Uh, because Nintendo managed to turn a profit 
for the period between, uh, I think it was between April and, and September. Um, they managed to turn a profit. They announced that they sold over 3 million copies of Super Smash Bros. for the 3DS. Also, Tomodachi Life had strong sales globally, which is interesting. And they announced that Mario Kart 8 is uh, was bought by 47% of all Wii U owners, which is a crazy stat. Basically, half of the Wii U user base has Mario Kart 8, which is an insane attach rate for this kind of game. I feel like that there's a worrying... Uh, it's it's insane and worrying because it means that people bought your console for a game, which yeah. You know, well, uh, no, and I think that's okay because you've you, people you got to have the the first party games to get people in the door, right? It's like a sure. launch title, but there's just something about that statistic that I can't quite put my finger on, but it concerns me. That's basically fifty percent of your console owners bought one video game. Which seem, I mean, on the face of it, seems like an incredible thing, but it potentially shows an over reliance on first party, and also the potential. What it shows to me is people were waiting for a game, like for a video game, like just any game. Just give me a new game for my. Well, Wii. we don't know. We don't know actually if no. those people bought just Mario Kart Eight for the for the Wii U. We know the Mario Kart Eight is on forty seven percent of all existing Wii U consoles we don't know those people how many other yeah. games they, they bought but it's possible that it's like you say that they actually waited for the game i believe that uh, it actually makes a lot of sense because i know a lot of people who bought a wii u just to play mario kart yep um and um so they managed to turn a profit uh strong sales for the uh, 3ds software uh but not so much for the 3ds hardware because the 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 Units sold were uh, basically cut in half from last year. Hmm. And so far, Nintendo has sold globally uh, just over 7 million Wii U units so far from the beginning of the console, just 7 million units. I'm pretty sure that the PlayStation 4 is already above 12 million units or at least 11 million units. Uh, And Nintendo, which was... uh, uh, out since uh, the fall of 2012, uh, already seven, only seven million units so far, um, which of course yeah, is a problem for for the company. Um, so as you can see, they managed to turn profit thanks to games, basically. Um, and and I wanted to I wanted to point out if you know, there's a lot of people who say Nintendo should. Just drop the consoles and start making games for for smartphones, for the iPhone and Android devices. But actually, I believe it's thanks to console games and the kind of profit that they can turn on a a console game that Nintendo is basically, you know, just, you know, just standing still, kind of. Because the money that they make from from a console game is much, 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 you know, it's much more money in, in console games than in mobile games uh, because I, I, I cannot imagine Nintendo selling a $50 game on the App Store, right? Or a $60 game on the App Store with other extras such as paid DLCs. So, of course, Nintendo is making more money on console games and they managed to turn a profit thanks to software sales. 
The second point is that they revealed the first details of this quality of life product that is coming out in uh, not next year, but in 2016. Um, it'll be a sleep tracking device. So it's not a wearable device. It's not an iPhone app. It's not a, a Wii U, uh, you know, like a Wiimote accessory. Uh, it's, a, it's a separate device that you keep uh, next to your bed. Um, and it basically, I don't know if it's got something like a camera, but I guess a, a bunch of sensors that they can understand through light and movement and sounds uh, the quality of your sleep. And they can understand fatigue. And um, Nintendo is going to use this data uh, about, you know, about the user uh, to develop some software component for the Wii U or for the next console. Um, and it basically think about something like an integration with uh, Wi-Fi, for instance, that knows the quality of your sleep and the quality of your, you know, just how much you slept last night or how uh, tired you are. And Nintendo is teaming up with this, uh, with this American company called uh, ResMed, which is uh, known for making these uh, sleep tracking devices. And actually, this company makes uh, devices that are used by um, basically people who have uh, sleep um, apnea, I think it's uh, the way to say it, Mike. Yeah, that's, that is correct, yeah, sleep apnea. Okay. It's a very specialized company, and Nintendo is partnering with these uh, with these people to make this device. So I don't know really what to think about this because I don't um, understand it. I, I cannot understand it. Like, what okay, are so they it's doing? A, like, Nintendo, what is Nintendo, this? Nintendo is calling this device a non-wearable, non-contact, non-operating. It means no no controls, non-waiting, and non-installation efforts. So it's just a device you buy it, you place it next to your bed. And it tells you how well uh, you're sleeping. How? <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not. Basically, it has no contact with you. <laughs> Ask ResMed. I don't know. It's like a sensors, man. It's magic. I don't know. But what do you do with any of this data? See, uh, ResMed has a, has a web page, right? Where it tells you about this contactless sleep tracking. And it uses. Um, you want to know the details, Mike? I would love to. So um, there's a device. Actually, they make a lot of devices. Uh, they also make stuff to measure the air quality. Can you imagine Nintendo making one of these? Well, I mean, they might as well. You know, uh, I'm trying to to. Oh, they don't share the details of the of the sleep tracking sensors. Just say sensor. You know, mm -hmm. they have sensors. It appears that they have sensors, Mike. <laughs> are you are you happy with that? They have sensors. Um, are, are, are you okay? Are you yeah. okay with sensors? Just sensors is all I really need. Just as long as I know they have sensors. It just says the word first contactless sensor. It's called the S Plus. Sounds like an iPhone. Um, it measures your breathing and body movements throughout the night. It analyzes light, noise, and temperature levels. It creates a daily sleep score and it gives you charts to understand your sleep patterns and it delivers personalized advice. So it's a, it's a bunch of sensors that they use. They use um, temperature, light, noise, and movement to, you know, because obviously they cannot look into your body because there's no contact. So they, they use other kinds of data. 
See, these sleep, de sleep tracking devices that they use movement, I always wonder, how do they work when you're, you know, when there's two people in a bed, right? You know what I mean? Because they, they always show a singular, like, like a person in bed. And of course, if there's movement, it's me. But what if it's like two people and, I don't know, like the dog in the morning? Yeah. Does the device know? I mean, it makes sense when you have them like on your person, right? Yeah, on me, like on yeah. my wrist or under my, my, my head, I don't know, or something. I don't know. How is it scanning? But yeah. the bigger question is, what is Nintendo, What does Nintendo do with the, with the sleep tracking? I just don't know why they're doing it. Like, I mean, okay, you could ask that question for why is there any company doing it? But I, I feel like Nintendo, the video game company... Yeah, that was my better question. What's the video game aspect of this? It just doesn't make any sense. You know, okay, you look at a company like Apple, right? And uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the Apple Watch. But they make... I mean, that has a clear link between the phone and the watch. Mm -hmm. And then it does a bunch of additional health things. But that data is passed backwards and forwards between the two devices. Plus, Apple make devices that you keep on your person that become part of your life. Now, like, I just cannot understand why Nintendo are making a sleep tracking device. My, my So I had two ideas. The first one was a, a new Wii Fit. Uh, you know, because I guess it makes sense if, the, if Wii Fit knows that you, you, you didn't sleep well. Uh, it gives you, like, lighter exercises or something. I don't know. Um, and my second idea is that uh, basically like like games get easier if you're tired. <laughs> I don't know. That's like like they have compassion for you. My worry about this, Federico, is this is the sign of a desperate company because they want to get on the on the fitness uh, kind of yeah. bandwagon. Oh, just let's do sleep tracking. They're like shoehorning themselves into a place where they have no. No reason to be. Like the Wii Fit platform, that makes total sense. I get that idea. But this doesn't feel like it, it needs to tie into that. Like, and, and this would be just the first one in, in, a, in a series of devices. Yeah. So, you know, sleep tracking, maybe next is, uh, I don't know, another step counter. Because actually there was a pedometer for, for the Wii U. Have you ever seen the, the accessory? Mike. The Wii U pedometer. No, I remember the heart rate monitor. Like just another like that what never are you came doing? out actually. Yeah. Wii Fit pedometer. Was it uh, part? Yeah. Was it Wii the, Fit? The Fit meter. Yeah. Fit meter. Yeah, it's a little round accessory with a black and white display, and there's a like a pixelated version of your me on 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 the display. So they basically did the um. Dreamcast thing, kinda yeah. I actually think that I that I know uh, somebody who uses this. I think it's um, I, I don't want to be wrong, but I, I think that Josh Centers from Titbits uh, talked about the Wii Fit meter once. Um, yeah, I I see it in in the like uh, in video game stores all the time because <laughs> nobody is buying the Wii Fit meter. Um, it's always there. But still, you know, I, I mean, this is just for Wii Fit, right? Uh, what's the, 
Nintendo isn't known for being like a fitness company. Like, like Nintendo isn't Jobon, right? They don't make fitness products. They make Mario and Zelda and, you know, Pokemon. <laughs> Can you use these quality of life products to, uh, in these games? Or is the quality of life platform about new franchises or new games? Like, can they really uh, create a fun and engaging fitness platform that's all based on games? Right? It's, I, I, I'm really struggling to imagine an implementation for this. But hey, maybe Nintendo can, can surprise us. Mm. Even though saying this to you, uh, I know that it, you're not going to be positive about this, Mike. Nintendo. What are you doing, Nintendo? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Um, so let me talk to you, Mike. Before something uh, about something that that I've been uh, I wanted to talk about before, um, like a couple of weeks ago, uh, I didn't have the game. Now I have the game. I've been playing this game. Before I tell you what the game is, do you have anything to tell me? Oh, I do, Federico. I want to tell you about our friends at Hover. Fantastic. You know that we love Hover, right? Yeah. Do you know why we love Hover, Federico? Because it's simple and easy to use and don't try to scam you. That's exactly it. They are the best way to buy and manage domain names. Because as Federico says, they are simple, they are easy to use, and they don't try and scam you. That's like in a nutshell. That's what makes Hover so great. When you say they're simple and easy to use, right, you just go to Hover.com. You type in the domain that you're looking for. You type in some words, and you're going to find the domain that you're looking for as long as it's available. If it's available, you can buy it. Even if it's not available, they can also help you buy it. You know, you can do these like auction things or that you maybe need a broker. Hover can help you out with all that sort of stuff as well. They can be the middleman for you if you need. But provided that the domain is available, then you'll be able to register it and you do it simply and easily. If it's not, they're going to show you a bunch of suggestions for domains that are. They have hundreds of top-level domain options. They have .com, .co, .me. They have .academy, .plumbing. Maybe you should get Mario.plumbing, Federico. We could get that. <laughs> um, we could turn that into an, an interesting uh, virtual website. Who knows? Oh, but Hover provides basically a simple, fast, and hassle-free method of buying domains. They don't try and scam you and try and uh, upsell you on a thousand different products. They don't make you pay for who is privacy. That's all free. It's all included. You're not faced with a thousand screens. You're not scanned by email all the time. They're not like, constantly sending you stuff and being like, buy this, buy this, buy this. They don't do any of that because Hover is awesome. They have fantastic customer support. They have a no hold, no wait, no transfer telephone support policy. They have great email support too, which I've used in the past a bunch. They have great documentations and guides on their website for getting everything you need. Like I say, maybe you want to transfer from a different provider or you want to uh, set up um, domain forwarding. They have Not only can they help you out personally, but if you don't want that, they also have great documentation. Talking about transfer, maybe you want to transfer all of your domains from another provider. Well, that's going to take time, right? No, because Hover's valet service is where they take all the hassle out switching from your current provider because they do it all for you, and this is for free. Whether you have 10 domains or 200, they will do it. Hover have great other things like custom email addresses, volume discounts or bulk domain renewal, and so much more. So go right now to Hover.com and try them out. You want to use the code GAMESHARK at checkout and you'll get 10% off your first purchase at hover.com and show your support for virtual. So that's the code GAMESHARK at checkout, or one word. Thank you so much to Hover for sponsoring this episode of Virtual and Relay FM. You always have these nice promo codes. I sit 
like for about half an hour once every two weeks trying to come up with these things. <laughs> you come up with a list of codes. Yeah. <laughs> it's really nice. Uh, so, Mike, the game that I wanted to talk to you about is Fantasy Life. And this game is developed by Level 5. Um, it came out in Europe a while ago. I I I saw a bunch of uh, videos. Uh, I read a couple of reviews when it came out in Europe. I didn't get the game initially. Um, the game came out a couple of weeks ago, weeks ago in the US. I saw again a lot of people saying, "Oh my God, this game! Is, this game is so good!" And so I decided to get the game, and I'm so glad that I got this game because it's. I don't want to say the perfect game for me, but close to perfection for like the idea of my portable game. On the 3DS, it's so, so, like, it's so good for, for my tastes. So, Fantasy Life is an action RPG. Uh, it's in 3D. It's got this nice uh, graphic style with, with a mix of 3D stuff, illustrations. It's got cute characters. Uh, it's uh, set in this uh, world of uh, Reveria. It's uh, this fantastic land with the king, you know, the usual stuff. Um Level 5 has a fantastic artistic direction, and there's music by Nobuo Uematsu, um, well-known music composer. And it's an action RPG, right? And you can ch- it's called Fantasy Life because you can choose one of 12 lives. Um, basically, a life is like a class, like a job in, in the classic Final Fantasy uh, style. You can be like a padding, you can be... Uh, a mercenary, you can be a cook, you can be a fisherman, you can be, you know, you can you can specialize in all these uh, very practical uh, uh, kind of uh, skills and, and, and lives. And uh, it's uh, what really gets me about this game is that uh, it's an action RPG. Uh, it's it's easy. In, it's quick. You know, the, the, when you when you go into battle, you don't have to wait for turns. You don't have to wait for animations. You just uh, pull out your sword and start fighting. And it's mixed with elements that are uh, kind of similar to Animal Crossing. So you can customize your character. You can have pets. You can have your personal room, and you can buy furniture and decorations for your room. You can upgrade your house to bigger fancier houses you can talk to um talk to other um, people in in the in the town when where you start which is called castelle and you can talk to a lot of people actually um you can just go around and do the subquests and and don't you you, you can avoid the main storyline you can collect items there's a uh, crafting you can craft items starting from like from basic primary materials. You can advance with the storyline if you want, or you can just go around and kill monsters and make money and buy upgrades. Um, you can unlock different kinds of skills. So you can do the classic level up, so you can go up in levels and assign skill points to stuff like um, strength or speed and stuff like that or you can upgrade your bliss uh basically the game makes um, makes a point out of having this uh, blissful life so like you should go around more or you should have fun or you should visit the the general store and talk to this person because it's good for you and when you unlock unlock these bliss points you can have other upgrades for your character so you can customize many many different aspects of your life and your character in the game 
And what's really, really nice is that you can you can talk to all these people, right? All these uh, uh, townsfolks, and they give you requests, right? They they ask you, oh, can you pick up this flower for me, or can you go find me five mushrooms, or can you kill ten bandits in this uh, in this place? And like in 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 three hours, I'm already at twenty quests to to complete. And I I have barely touched the main storyline, and I'm just having fun, like going around and uh, exploring. Uh, the game has got really really big environments, and it's got a really cute and like really well designed graphic aspect because it's it's like all the constructions, all the like the town has little buildings and a fountain, and 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 it's just you know nice to look at, and. This combination of an action RPG and basically like the basic elements of Animal Crossing. It's not a full-on Animal Crossing clone with with you know with RPG. It's like the basic stuff from Animal Crossing mixed with the traditional action RPG. It's 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 this killer combination for me because I've always wanted like when I was younger. I told you uh, about this before. When I was younger, I really got into Animal Crossing for the original Nintendo DS. I think it was called Animal Crossing Wild Life. Um, I really got into the game. But eventually I got bored because there was no sense of progress in, in the way that... Okay, there was progress, like when you upgrade your house, when you buy... Uh, better furniture when you unlock the golden items. Uh, and I really got into that. But eventually it was kind of boring for me, you know, because it's all furniture and plants and talking to people. And in this game, there's the basic aspect of upgrading your room and your house and buying furniture and, and items. But there's also fighting and, you know, uh, like... RPG stuff, which is really nice for me. And all these little missions, these little quests, they can be done in a couple of minutes when you when when you just pick up your 3DS and you want to do a quest. Or you can spend hours in the game, uh, like I did in the past few days. Um, I've been playing hours already. Um and yeah, it's a it's a it's really nice. Uh I saved in my notes um just a couple of points that I that I didn't like. Uh, sometimes there's too much talking, like people really want to talk to you. And like, sometimes it feels like the dialogue could be shorter. Um, I also noticed that three hours into the game, there's still tutorials. Like I'm still being taught how to do stuff where, you know, I know how to like, Last night I was um I got into the, the the guild office for the first time and there was a a person telling me about how to enable street pass and other online functionality and I had to go through all this dialogue like oh connect to the internet before so you can play with your friends you know how you know? much like, I hate the street pass like stuff the, man it like drives me crazy of, yeah but it's actually really nice functionality. Nah. But still, telling me it's about just, it all the time. Just let me, just let me skip the tutorial because I'm three hours into the game. I know how to use this stuff. Sometimes, like they tell you, oh, if you want to fight, press A, and you can use your sword. It, you know, it's, it's okay. I can, like, give me an adult mode for this game that lets me skip all the basics. Yeah. Um, and and the other stuff is that it's this is really a minor detail, but the, it's one of those games where the character 
uh, doesn't talk. I don't it's, like that. Like it's it stands still and is is always being talked to. And so, like I get it. Why? Because they don't want to give a personality to the character because you are the character. And but also, I kind of want to to see characters like interacting really the thing is with, with that. Because I've always felt this way about Pokemon. Um, I understand, like, oh, you know, it's it's me. So, but but the character is just making decisions without me choosing, and therefore, and also not saying anything. So, it, like, you you're yeah. implying a personality, but I just don't talk. Yeah, it's 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 also weird when like they ask you a question and the character doesn't talk, and then they're like, oh, so you agree? No. <laughs> Based on what? <laughs> That's exactly it, right? Because then th- there is still a, a personality, there is still decisions being made, but you're just completely left out of it. Like, I don't even need to say I need to choose all the decisions, but just let there be some sort of interaction that my character has. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So anyway, it's it's a, it's a really I'm really glad that I got this game. It's it's for me, it's the kind of game that I will spend dozens and dozens of hours into. Um, if you're interested in the game, uh, there's many reviews around. But the one that I recommend is the one by Francesco D'Agostino. So he's Italian. Uh, he's an awesome guy. He writes and um, podcasts over at Tiny Cartridge. He has a fantastic review of the game. And um, so check it out because it's fantasy life. Uh, it's on the eShop. I bought a physical copy because, you know, I do this for games that I really like. Um, yeah, I, I think I will have... Uh, plenty to get to play in this game uh, until Pokemon arrives. This is going on my list. Yeah, man, it's it's really really nice, but and I've, addictive. Yeah, I'm gonna set it for maybe later in the month because I've got a couple of a couple of games here. I mentioned them at the start, but I've played about half an hour of Sunset Overdrive. I'm really excited about this game. Um. It's got a great uh, sense of humor. Like, that's one of the big things that I've noticed. It And it does, like, the sort of self-deprecating type stuff really well. So during, like, one of the tutorial parts, like, you're being shown how to do things by this other character, right? So, like, when he first enters, like, you, it's in a cutscene and you're about to get, like, chased by these monsters and he, like, jumps through a window and just starts shooting them and then it focuses on his face. I can't remember the guy's name. Say it was Frank. It's like, Frank, awesome, badass entrances. Right? <laughs> and uh, right at the very start, like, you're pushing along this cart, like, in a cutscene and things are happening and you stop to play a game and you're on the phone and he's playing Sunset Overdrive on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, this like, this one point in the tutorial and you're like, and it's like, uh, pick up, it's like goal, pick up a gun. And he picks up a gun and then it goes to a tick. And he's like, really? Was that an achievement? <laughs> like your character says that. It's like self-aware. Yeah. And it's like, in, and, and then it's like uh, the guys, yeah, it's very self-aware. Very, very self-aware. Um, like even in the animations, like the, thi- the, the things like it, it will tell you like get to home, but it tells you it on like it's painted on the side of a train that goes past you. Oh, nice! You know, instead of like, it, like it's integrated with the, with the environment. Yeah, and then like this other part of the tutorial, I'm, I'm playing through the tutorial basically still, uh, and uh, the guy's like, "Oh, just wait here, like jump up on this roof, and then I'm gonna throw this thing into the middle, and the bad guys are gonna come. You gotta shoot them." 
Mm-hmm. And like, so he's like, so he jumps away. And he's like, you're just going to leave me here? Like, you're just going <laughs> to leave me here. And it's like, what about all these dead people all over the floor? Do you not care about these guys too? Like, it's, it's just this, it's got a really good sense of humor. And I feel like I'm going to like it. And the gameplay is really different. It's all about like grinding and grinding and shooting and jumping around. Like, it's very strange. And it's really bright and colorful. And you can carry, like, one of the big things like customizing your character, you make them look how you want. And they've received a lot of really positive press because you can uh, mix gender role, like roles and, and like, so you can have like a, a dude, but have him wear a skirt. Like, oh, nice! All of the clothing is available to everyone. Yeah, that's the right thing to do. So yeah. you can choose like a male body, female body, but then you can put any type of clothes on them. See, that's obviously not possible in fantasy life. Of course, it's <laughs> because not. I was browsing the clothes store last night, and there was a f- clearly divided uh, female clothes and male clothes. So. So it's not, yeah, that, Sensor Overdrive seems to, to get it right. And like my character has a big neon green beard and <laughs> uh, neon green hair and then orange, orange hair on the top. Like that's the kind of, like, it's super bright and colorful. One of the guns that I have shoots vinyl records. Hmm. Like, it, I'm, I'm excited to play more of this game. I really, really am excited to play more of it because it seems so different to, to the yeah. other sorts of games I've played. So. I'll hopefully have more to say about that. And then, you know, on the other end of the same scale, I also have Call of Duty. Both of these games reviewed very well. I think Call of Duty reviewed surprisingly well. I've seen a bunch of, like, nines, stuff like that. Um, I'm I'm excited to play it. Nice. So, Federico, I think that brings us uh, to about the end. Yeah, um, it does. This week's episode. If you want to catch links for this week's show, go to relay.fm slash virtual slash 12. Thank you so much to our sponsors again this week, our friends over at Linda and Hover. You should go check them out because they're helping support us. Um, if you'd like to find us online, I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Federico is at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. Don't forget, we're still doing our listener survey. If you go to podsurvey.com slash virtual, please fill out the questions there. It would mean a lot to us. It helps us try and understand a little bit more about you, and it helps us also find advertisers that we're uh, able to go with more information to, and we can show them why their awesome products would be a great fit for you. Everybody that enters um, their information in and fills out the surveys for us has the chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. So please take, go to take time to fill that out at podsurvey.com slash virtual. We really appreciate it. Until next week, Mr. Federico Vitici, say goodbye to our audience. Arrivederci. <laughs>